You're listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Monsters by Relia on AO3. Chapter 13. With a grunt, Olivia sank onto the floor, stretched her legs out in front of her, and leaned back against the sofa. It had taken an embarrassing amount of effort to roll him on his side, shift his arms and legs into the recovery position, but then he had always been a big man, and the time he'd spent apart from her had left him heavy with unfamiliar muscle. All that muscle was peaceful now, in repose, like he was just sleeping there on her living room floor, and for a moment she just looked at him, heartbroken and weary. Weary more than anything else. Christ, but she was tired. Tired of the back and forth, tired of the way one look from him could make her heart sing, and one word could bring her crashing back down again. What we were to each other was never real. It would always be you and I. That was the part of the letter she'd never been able to reconcile, the part she'd never understood, though she'd read the letter over and over until she'd memorized the damn thing. How could he go on and on about how he wished her the best but didn't love her, and then end his letter with the wistful assurance that they were meant to be? It was a contradiction that seemed to sum him up perfectly, she'd thought, this man who reached for her and then pushed her away. It was a hypocrisy that made her wonder if he even knew what the fuck he was feeling, or if he was just as lost as she was. At least she knew, now, why she'd never been able to make the letter and its postscript come together in her mind. They had not been written by the same person. It was Kathy wishing her the best, praying she'd found someone else, hoping that time would have dulled the ache of his love betting all her cards on Olivia having moved on. It was Kathy who wanted, so desperately, to believe that the devotion that bound Olivia to Elliot was no more than the brotherhood of two cops in a terrible job. It was Kathy pushing Olivia out for good, and it was Elliot clinging to her, Elliot whispering through the darkness that he had always loved her, that he would always love her, in this life, in the next, in any universe, at any time. The truth of his heart scrawled messily at the bottom of the page, the only line of truth in a letter full of lies. A letter he'd given her with no explanation, knowing what it said, knowing how it would wound her, and doing it anyway. A letter meant to cleave them in two, to separate them once and for all. He'd given her the fucking thing, and only come to tell her the truth when he was too high to know better. When he was high off his ass, drugged, drugged intentionally by men he could not trust, for purposes he could not explain, he had come to her door. Jesus, what if he'd been followed? What if there were goons outside right now waiting for him to come out? He'd made it past the doorman, who was to say the Albanians wouldn't do the same. They wouldn't know what apartment he'd gone to, would they? What if they'd put a tracker on him? What if they came banging on her door now, when Noah was sleeping peacefully, and all her carefully erected defenses had come crumbling down, and her gun was too far away to reach? 
There came the soft sound of a bedroom door opening behind her, and her heart sank. As if her fears had slipped through the apartment, raising a clamor of alarm, Noah must have sensed that something was wrong, and he came stumbling into the living room then, rubbing his sleepy eyes, his beautiful curls a tousled mess. Mommy, he said as he took in the scene before him with bleary blue eyes, and Olivia's heart clenched in her chest. He was growing up, and he only called her mommy now when he was especially tired or especially upset. At this moment, he was probably both, because all that waited for him in the living room was confusion. Because when he looked, he saw, saw his mother sitting on the floor and the huge imposing man in dirty clothes laid out cold in front of her, saw a cluse sitting on his heels beside Olivia and pacing off to the side the great silver wolf he'd never seen before, a creature he'd probably never imagined could have existed, an impossibility made real. Jesus, he must have been scared, she thought, to see a stranger, to see a strange wolf, there in his home so late at night, and not know why. Alina was something that should not have been, a truth Olivia loved but could not begin to explain. It's okay, sweet boy, Olivia said very softly. He's my friend. Her voice cracked on the word friend. It wasn't enough, she thought. Didn't come close to encapsulating everything she felt for the honking behemoth of a man passed out on the floor. It wasn't nearly enough. Friend could not explain thirteen years and countless heartbreaks and boundless trust and two souls twined together irreversibly and unlike fate and the dream of a universe, an unkind fate and the dream of a universe where things were different. Friend was not enough. Not nearly enough to convey how much of her own heart rested within this man's chest. How there was nothing, nothing she wouldn't do for him. How ten years of changes wasn't enough to cloud her unwavering understanding of him, or his of her. How one hundred years wouldn't have been enough. There was not a word, she thought, for what he was to her. Not a single word in any language that meant he is the wound and the salve both, and I will never turn aside from him, nor him from me, but his hands have never touched my bare skin. But friend was all she could say, was all the truth she could offer her son now. Is he hurt? Noah asked warily. He did not come closer, though he might have wanted to, for his eyes were fixed unwaveringly on Alina, who likewise was staring at him unblinking, staring at him in wonder, as Elliot had done the first time he'd ever seen Noah's face. It seemed to Olivia as if Noah were afraid of the silver wolf, and the thought was nearly enough to break her heart. A clue seemed to sense the unease in the air. He slowly rose to his feet, and padded softly to Noah's side, pressed his head against her son's belly until Noah reached out to scratch his ears, relaxing somewhat with his mother's fierce demon beside him, content in the knowledge that no danger could touch him so long as the black wolf was there to guard him. Yes, Olivia said, but I'm going to help him. What happened to him? Noah was a naturally curious boy, and usually Olivia tried her best to indulge his questions, to help him understand the world around him, 
not to snap and shut him down the way her mother had done with her inquisitive child. But the questions Noah had to ask were questions Olivia could not answer now. We'll talk about it in the morning, okay? I'll take you out for pancakes, and then we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about it. But right now, you need your sleep, mister. The promise of pancakes and the tension in the air was enough to send him away. He nodded and yawned and then departed, leaving Olivia alone once more with her friend and their wolves. This wasn't how you were supposed to meet him, she said very quietly, looking at Elliot's face, his features softened in sleep, wishing he could hear her, wishing he would rouse, wishing he would be the man he once had been, the man she knew he could be, the one man she'd spent the last seven years wishing could meet her son. Seven years watching her boy grow, wondering what Elliot would make of him, what Elliot would think of her efforts as a mother, wondering if Elliot would be proud of her. Seven years, and this was what she got in the end, Noah full of questions, and Elliot unconscious on the floor. Her cell phone was on the coffee table and she reached for it now, dialed a number that was becoming familiar to her. Bell, she heard Ayana's voice, sleepy and annoyed, on the other end of the phone, and guilt flooded her. Elliot was supposed to be her problem. She was the one who was supposed to keep him in line, the one who was supposed to clean up his messes, and here she was, foisting him off on someone else. But Ayana was his boss, and she needed to know what he'd done, what had been done to him, for the sake of her operation, and Olivia could not let him stay here all night for the sake of her own heart. It brought to mind the memory of two many nights spent in a bathroom, huddled over her mother's unconscious body, and she couldn't bear to go through that again, no matter how much she cared for him. Briefly, she explained the situation to Sergeant Bell, and before she even suggested it, Ayana volunteered to come and get him. Olivia gave her address and then hung up the phone with a sigh. The thing was done. Elliot's new friend would come to fetch him, to ferry him away, though she still wasn't entirely sure how they were going to get him down the stairs and into Ayana's car, and Olivia could return to her bed and, what, sleep? After this, sleep seemed unlikely. It would take a little while for Ayana to arrive, though, and while she waited, there was nothing for Olivia to do. Nothing but sit and look. Look at this man who meant so much to her, who seemed so hell-bent on hurting them both. The clothes he wore were trashy and stank of smoke and booze and didn't suit him. Since he'd returned from Rome, he'd favored a more tailored look, but that didn't really suit him either, she thought. Elliot was blue jeans and a white Henley under flannel, was comfort and warmth, not expensive vests or ratty t-shirts. He wasn't either of those men, the polished expat or the grimy criminal. He was just Elliot, and she missed him. Idly, she reached out and ran her hand gently over his head. Though he'd been losing his hair for years, he'd not yet lost all of it, and it must have been a while since he'd last shaved it because the soft bristle of new hair pushed against her palm. Her touch did not wake him. She did not think anything would wake him now, after he'd crashed to his knees and stared up at her like she was holy and passed out in her arms. 
but he seemed to relax even further as her hand passed gently over his skin, like it calmed him, like he liked it, and she liked it too, liked the way his hair felt under her hand, liked the warmth of him, liked being able to touch him without having to withdraw, without him recoiling from her, without having to face the reasons why her heart was so desperate to hold him. A clouse had returned to her, and Alina came to her now, sat down on her other side and leaned heavily against Olivia's shoulder. He's lost, Olivia, the silver wolf said solemnly. I know, Olivia answered, still gently brushing her hand over his head, looking down at his scruffy beard, at his eyelashes resting gently against his cheeks. But I can't be the one to find him, Alina. He has to find himself, Alina agreed, and when he does, he'll find his way back to you. The breath caught in the back of Olivia's throat and tears stung in her eyes. That was all she wanted, really, was for Elliot to come home and come to her, for him to be found again, to be with her again, for him to come and never, ever leave. She felt stronger when he was with her, felt braver, bolder, felt as if she could leap out into thin air and never doubt that two strong arms would be waiting to catch her. It had been months since he'd burst back into her life, and their paths had not crossed as much as she would have liked, as much as she expected. But even when he was not physically beside her, she felt it, still, felt him with her, and felt herself changed because of it. Raphael had told her once that she had brought color to his world, and that was how she felt now, as if she'd been living these last ten years in a world painted black and white and gray, and Elliot had made it all technicolor again. What would become of her if he left, and took all that color with him? I'm so worried about him, Olivia confessed, running the tip of her finger gently around the shell of his ear. He's hurting so much, and I don't know how to help him, and I'm afraid of what it'll do to me if I try. The two wolves flanked her, a cluse on her left and Alina on her right, warm and soft and solid, bolstered her as she felt her own reserves of strength faltering, comforted her when she found herself more alone than she had been for quite some time. Sitting on the floor like this, they were as tall as she was, their heads brushing lightly against her shoulders, and she felt safe there between them. He's afraid too, you know, Alina told her kindly. He was afraid you'd forgotten about him, and then he was afraid you hated him, and now he's afraid he's no good for you. But when all his fears and all his inhibitions were stripped away, he came to you, Olivia. He's not in his right mind, but even now he knows what he wants. He's afraid, but he wants you with him. Want. That was all it came down to in the end. Not what they knew, not what was right, not what was good for them, not what was safe or mature or righteous, what they wanted, yearned for, longed for, like children with their faces pressed against the glass window of a toy store at Christmas time, dreaming of joys not yet realized, of hopes that remained only quiet potential. What she wanted was him. Never mind if he hurt her, never mind if he was good for her, 
never mind the insanity of thinking he could still be the man she recalled all these many years later. She wanted him. Wanted this man by her side. Wanted his hands on her skin. Wanted to hear his voice. Wanted to know that he was with her and always would be. But all the things she wanted so desperately seemed so far out of reach. How could she have what she wanted so long as he was lost and stumbling? Heedless to her begging him to be careful, to come home. When had she ever gotten what she wanted? So often her dreams turned to dust in her hands, and she feared that he would as well, that he would fade away, and she would be left, once more, alone in the dark. She began to cry, and Alina pressed harder against her, brushed the cold end of her snout against Olivia's cheek, and Olivia broke, then. She could not hold Elliot, Elliot who was so far away from her now, who was lost in sorrow and dreams and regret, Elliot who was dangerous in every possible way, Elliot whose eyes were closed and would not open again for hours yet. She could not hold him, but she wanted to. And so she reached out and wrapped both her arms around Alina's thick neck and buried her fingers in the silver wolf's soft fur. Like a child, she clung to his demon, his soul made flesh, the part of him that comforted her, protected her always. It was Alina who spoke the truth to Olivia, Alina who said the words Elliot could not yet bring himself to speak, and it was Alina who soothed her now, when her heart was battered and weary. Ecluse pressed himself against her back, and if Olivia would have only raised her head, she would have seen it. The two wolves staring into one another's eyes. Two hearts finding rest and salvation with one another. But as it was, she kept her eyes shut tight, breathing in the familiar smell and the gentle warmth of the wolf who had been too long gone from her side, who was with her once more. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.